Amen. Thank you, Val, for hosting. And I'm looking forward to Christmas. This morning, I don't know, like last night, if you were high enough up on the hill, it was snowing a bit. And if you're lower down, you were just stuck in the gloomy rain. But it's starting to feel like Christmas season. It's starting to feel like, okay, it's cold. I want to hide inside. My wife just gave me a new sweater. I'm like, it's cozy. It's Christmas season. And I'm really excited for our church community going to Christmas, that we get to share that with our city as we celebrate together, that we get to say, hey, come join us. There's a reason why we are so excited, because it's the best news that we've heard in our life. It's the best thing that's happened to our life was Jesus coming to earth and becoming, being fully human, fully God, living with us, that we don't just celebrate a God who's far away in heaven, but we celebrate a God that wants to be living and present with us. We get to share that with our community. So I'm excited for that. And I'm just going to give you a hard time. You'll notice these are in all the chairs. There's even more of them on the counter in the lobby next to the coffee, which will hopefully be ready by the time we get done today. We had some coffee machine issues. But you can save for coffee after. But these are a card. If you want to use it, use it. If you don't, have the conversation still. Invite someone in your life who needs to know about Jesus. If you don't have someone in your life who needs to know about Jesus, then you need to make some new friends. Go to a new barber. I don't know what you need to do. But invite someone to come and hear about the amazing message of Jesus this Christmas. So that's my encouragement. With that being said, let's jump into our message. We're going through this series called I'll Be for Christmas because often Christmas is a season of busyness, a season of doing more and more and more things. But we want to move away from the busy and back to the being with God and being with people around us in this season. And so we're looking through different ways of being, different practices of being, actions of being uh, that we find in the Christmas story. So this morning, it's the action of watching. So I'll be watching for Christmas. I just want to pray as we get into this message. God, it's one of those mornings where it's a little gloomy outside. It's a little slow getting going. But we're here because we want to hear from you. We're here because we believe that you're still living and active. We're here because we believe that you want to transform our lives, that you want to build a deeper relationship with us this morning, and that we would live our lives differently because of who you are and what you've done. And I pray that you'd reveal that to us in the message this morning. In your name, amen. So I want you to imagine with me this morning, imagine the Christmas story and what happened after that. Imagine the life of Jesus without the supernatural. Imagine the life of Jesus and nothing supernatural happens in it. At least not that anybody wanted to recognize. Imagine the Christmas story. Like the last couple weeks we talked about an angel talking to Joseph and then an angel showing up in a dream and talking to Mary and Mary's response to that. But imagine if Joseph and Mary had had this, like Mary's pregnant and she doesn't know how she got pregnant and she has a dream of an angel explaining why. And she's like, oh, that, that's crazy. I just had a weird dream. I should probably not take melatonin before I go to bed. If you've taken melatonin, you know about this. But 
she's just like, I had a weird dream, but it definitely, that was just a weird dream. That wasn't supernatural or anything. And so she still doesn't know why she's pregnant when she's not done the things that you do to get pregnant. And she's just like, why am I pregnant? And then Joseph has this dream about ex, this angel explaining why his fiance is pregnant. And he's like, well, that was a weird, crazy dream. It's my subconscious just trying to explain away this terrible situation. And so then he ignores the supernatural and he goes and he divorces Mary. And Mary's now a single mom raising Jesus. As Jesus grows up, everyone's kind of like, this kid is too good to be true. This kid just acts too good. He must just be really good at hiding when he acts out, being really sneaky as he grows up. Because he's just this weirdly good kid. But there's nothing supernatural about it. He's just a weirdly good kid, you know? And he lives his life, and then as he gets into his 30s, he starts, like, he goes to some weddings, and some weird stuff happens where they're like, hey, we thought we were out of wine, and then there was wine in the well where we draw the water from, I guess, because we went to get jars of water and they're full of wine. Like, it's just weird that there was wine in the well. Who put the wine in the well, right? Definitely not a miracle. Nothing supernatural, right? And then they notice that as Jesus, that Jesus starts having a lot of religious and opinions and He's expressing a lot of ideas that are a little shake things up in society and politics even. And he's going around sharing all these ideas and they're like, man, he's a little bit of a, like he has some strong opinions. And he's stirring the pot a little bit. And it's kind of odd that it seems like wherever he is, it seems like there's people that have been blind their whole life that now they can see. And there's people that were, couldn't walk their whole life and now they're walking. It's just kind of odd that it seems like a lot of people get better from lifelong illnesses in the same town as Jesus is uh, spreading his opinions. You just imagine how odd it would be to take the supernatural out of the Je story of Jesus. Because eventually, the story of Jesus would be that the religious and political leaders got upset with his ideas, and so they made up some false charges to just get him put to death. And he died, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, that kind of crazy guy with his strong opinions, he just died. Um, he got killed, like, kind of had to come into him with stirring the pot so much in that political climate, you know? And then people would be, there would be a lot of kind of weird ghost stories about him where people are like, yeah, I thought I saw him. Like, I had this weird moment, like, I've never seen a ghost during the middle of the day, but I had a, but, like, his ghost went for a walk with me. It was weird. But definitely nothing supernatural. Just kind of a weird, like, it seemed like I saw his ghost. You know? Can you imagine that story of Jesus? Can you imagine that story being the story of our faith? Of just being like, yeah, a lot of, odd, a lot of coincidences happened. A lot of weird things happened. He was, like, that's a dreary story. I don't know about you, but for me, that just makes me feel kind of hopeless and discouraged and dreary. What's interesting about this, the reason I bring this up, is because that's often the story that we tell ourselves about our own lives. We often just look at the natural circumstances of our life and we go, oh, the situation I'm in right now 
the only th the only solutions I can see for that are the solutions of nothing supernatural happening. Only what's naturally going to happen if my bank account looks like this? What's naturally going to happen if this relationship has gone wrong with my kid or with my parent? What's naturally going to happen if I have this diagnosis for my health? We often tell the stories of people around us the same way, where we, we're like, especially when we get together for family dinners, you're like, oh yeah, that person in my family, like they've made these choices in their life and they're this kind of person and they're just going to experience this kind of life. And we, te we tell the story of our lives and the story of the lives of those around us just looking at the natural circumstances and leaving no space for the potential of a supernatural God. And then we wonder why our lives feel a little dreary and a little hopeless and a little discouraged sometimes. Right? And this morning we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. Because I want to look at the story of a few people that saw things a little bit differently. What they watched was a little bit different. Let's read this together. Starting at verse 1 of chapter 2 of the book of Matthew. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. So Jesus was born in Bethlehem, which is a small town in the region of Judea, which is and it was a province, it was kind of the nation of Israel that had been conquered by the Roman government. And so they were kind of a province of the Roman Empire at this point. During the reign of King Herod, and King Herod wasn't the king of the Roman Empire. There was a Caesar over all of the Roman Empire. But they would kind of select local kings to try to kind of keep people happy where it's like, hey, we selected a local person to rule you. So that's King Herod. And about that time, some wise men... Um, which more accurately would be royal astrologers. So some royal astrologers, some men whose job it was to study the stars for another government from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem. So they arrived in the capital of, the, of Judea. Um, they arrived in the capital and they asked this question. Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we've come to worship him. This is an interesting moment. Can you imagine if some, some people flew in from the other side of the world, and they show up to Ottawa, and they're like, where's the new prime minister? We came to, like, give our regards and do all this with the new prime minister. And everyone's like, uh, we have not elected a new prime minister. Nothing new has happened here yet. Right? It's an interesting situation. And so King Herod was deeply disturbed because he's not had a kid. He's not planning to retire from being a king anytime soon. As was everyone in Jerusalem, he called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of the religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? Because he knew there was a prophecy about this king that was supposed to show up in kind of a supernatural way. So he asked where the religious leaders, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? And they told him, in Bethlehem and Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be 
the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so I can go and worship him too. Right, he's going to go and worship the guy that's trying to take his job. Uh-huh. And after this, the interview with, this interview with the wise men went their way. And the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. And when the star, they saw the star, they were filled with joy. And they entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary. And they bowed down and worshipped him. And they opened their treasure chests and they gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And when it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route. For God had warned them in the dream not to return to Herod because Herod was actually not going to worship Jesus. He wanted to murder Jesus. Just a side note. But this is such an interesting situation. These wise men, these royal astrologers, they didn't have the right religion. They didn't know the prophecies about this Messiah. But they studied nature. They studied the stars, and they knew what the stars were supposed to do. And they saw this star that was breaking all the rules. Nowadays, with satellites and everything, it's not the weirdest thing to see a star going in a weird direction. But they knew how stars were supposed to work. They knew how stars naturally worked. And they're like, this star is doing something unnatural. It's doing something supernatural. And it must mean something. So we're going to pack up and we're going to travel following this star, looking for what the supernatural thing is pointing to. And they find it leading them to this country the province of Israel. And so they go to Israel and the Roman Empire and they're like, okay, well, it seems to be pointing to this new king. So let's go and ask the current king about the new king, right? Like, let's go to the capital, reasonable place to go. This is where we would expect it to be. That's natural, right? And this new king's not there. So they ask about the prophecies and they discover, they hear the message about Jesus from the Old Testament scriptures. They hear this message about Jesus, and they're like, okay, I guess we'll go there. And the star leads them to this small town where a king doesn't belong, to a family where if they heard any of the rumors about when this baby was conceived versus when people got married, they're like, this is not how royal families are supposed to work. And all the circumstances, if they're watching all the circumstances, all the circumstances are pointing to This isn't the right place to find a king. This isn't the right person to be a king. But because they've been watching the supernatural star and signs, they're like, this must be the king. And they are filled with joy and they get down on their knees and they worship this baby. And the thing about watching is it's not that we don't always watch, it's what we watch. Because when we watch our natural circumstances, when we just watch how things are supposed to work, they would have seen the star go in the wrong way and they would have been like, that's weird, let's pretend that didn't happen because that's going to make our lives a lot more complicated. We want to stay home with our families and our friends 
and think, keep things chill, but the star is doing something it's not supposed to do. And they could have just pretended that didn't happen because they wanted to watch the natural and avoid the supernatural. But when they started watching the supernatural, it led them to Jerusalem where they heard the prophecies about this Messiah. And it led them to Jesus. But if they were watching this, but then if they got distracted by the natural circumstances, they would have gone, the star led us here, but this just doesn't look right. This isn't, this isn't where a king is born. This isn't a king's family. This isn't a king's circumstances. We should probably not give away thousands of dollars of gifts to this king. Like this was not, these were not cheap gifts. These were incredibly precious gifts. We should probably not be giving this to this like random baby, right? But they were watching the supernatural star and they were filled with joy and they got down and they worshiped him. And they were able to be part of the amazing story of Christmas, the amazing story of God coming to earth as a human, which they would have missed entirely if they'd just been focused on what they naturally expected and what they naturally knew should happen. It's hard because I in my own life find this happening all the time. I was on a ministry trip with teenagers. We were going down to Mexicali, Mexico, about 25 youth and leaders. And we drive down to Mexico. We serve, we partner with a local church there and serve the kids in their community for a week. And then we drive back and we stay at this camp with some other groups that are there. And so we're like camping out in the desert, no running water. Um, it's, it, it, we're roughing it. So we drive down there. And as we're doing this trip, you ever had a trip where things go wrong? This trip, start, things started to go wrong. Like, even on the way down, I noticed my leaders, like, you get bad sleep when you're traveling with teenagers, but they were getting exceptionally bad sleep. And they're like, I couldn't sleep last night. I was having these weird dreams. Another leader was like, I couldn't sleep last night. I was having these weird dreams. After a couple of days of this, I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe we're just having weird dreams. But it just seemed like something was off. And then we, we had, most of our team got a cold. And then a third of our team got a stomach bug. If you're looking at the circumstances, this is the worst trip ever. A third of us are puking our guts out. In our, like we're in tents together. Stuff is not staying in our stomachs like it's supposed to. Half of our leaders are just basically being nurses and doctors to the team. Anything that can go wrong is going wrong. I'm one of the ones puking my guts out in a tent. It was horrible. Um, and then, to add on top of this, one of the, the youth manages to get bitten by a dog and we have to take them back across the border to the U.S. to get treated to make sure they don't get rabies. And if we're looking at the natural circumstances around us, we're like, God must not be in this. This is the worst trip ever. Like, why did we do this? I never want to go on a trip like this again. But it was interesting because when, we started, when I started hearing about those dreams, I was like, something's, I started to ask some questions. I was like, hey, do you normally have dreams like this? And they're like, no. I never have dreams like this. Like this is, when I dream, it's not like this. I was like, do you have dreams like this? No, never like this. This is weird. I was like, hmm. 
I've seen this before. Because when God is getting ready to do something so good, Satan doesn't want that to happen. So often he'll start going, hey, I'm going to do anything I can to slow you down, distract you from what God's about to try to do here. I was like, guys, we need to pray about this. And so we spent some time in prayer going, God, it seems like there's a spiritual battle here. It seems like there's a spiritual conflict here. Let's pray into this and invite God to work through this and just give this to God. And so we were praying about it and, we, and there, was a, there was a sense because up to this point, there had just been this frustration and this like, what's going wrong here? And after that time of prayer and just recognizing what might be going on spiritually going, we don't know. None of us are prophets here, but it just seems like maybe there's something supernatural going on here and God, we need you to be present in this. There's a sense of expectancy and hope that came over us. And as people, more people got sick and more things went wrong, there was still expectancy and hope in us. And as we took this kid to, across the border to get treated for potentially rabies from this dog, there was still hope in us. And when we got to the end of the trip, what we found had happened was that one of the students, they, were, they had never actually read the Bible before. They were a foreign exchange student. They grew up in a country where Christianity just wasn't a thing, but they come on this trip with us for whatever reason, and they had a copy of the Bible. And when they were sick and stuck at camp all day with nothing to do, no, no ability to sit there and scroll on their phone, they started reading the Bible for the first time, and they started to get to know Jesus for the first time. And I was like, okay, God was present. God was working. And then we had four different youth commit their lives to following Jesus during that trip. And we got back and they said, I want to get baptized because I came to really know Jesus and I want to follow Jesus through that trip. But if we've been telling ourselves the story of this is just the natural circumstances, this is just a bad idea to go and do this and everything that could go wrong is going wrong. It's a little odd how wrong it's going and how like one of these things going wrong makes sense, but all of these things going wrong because like the bus also, the bus, the alternator died, and so I had to drive across our, our last border into the U.S. with, like, a dead battery, but the engine was still running. It was stressful. And a kid lost a passport and almost got stuck in the wrong country. And, like, it just goes on. And all these circumstances are just saying, this is a terrible story. But when we went, maybe God is supernatural and real, and he's present in this, and he actually wants to do something through this, and can we be a part of it? The first thing that changed was this, what we felt inside of us. The first thing that changed was the sense of hope, the sense of expectancy. And then as we walked through it, we went, wow, we have stories to tell. This isn't a story of Murphy's Law. This is a story of God's presence and God's work in our lives today that transform these lives. There's four young adults now who came to faith and were baptized and are following Jesus because of God's presence in some pretty terrible circumstances. So I want to encourage you to think about your circumstances. Think about the story you're telling yourself right now. What story are you telling yourself about the circumstances in your life? When you think about 
next week or next month or next year, what's the story that's coming to mind in your life? Is it a story that's just based on, well, naturally this is going to happen and naturally that's going to happen and naturally... Or is it a story with room for a supernatural God to step in and do things that only he can do? And the people you're with, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your kids, whether it's your coworkers, whether it's your boss, whether it's those, fam that, those family members that you see a couple times a year at the holidays, what stories are you telling about them? What story are you saying when you look at their future? Are you just telling a story based on, well, they've made these decisions in their life and they're this kind of person, so this is what's going to happen to them? Are there people that you feel hopeless about because all you're looking at is the natural? And you're like, the natural circumstances say this is going to happen. And you've lost hope for them. And maybe you even start to lose some love for them because you're just looking and telling a story of the natural in their life. And all you're watching is the natural circumstances. And you think about what happens when we just watch the natural circumstances of Jesus' life and we avoid watching for the supernatural. And then we do that to our own lives and we do that to the lives of those that are close to us. And then we're surprised when love, joy, peace, and hope start to dissipate, right? So I want to invite you this season to start watching differently. I want you to start watching for the supernatural God. There's a reason you're here this morning. We don't give up hours of our life every week to come to church to be parts of community groups, to serve in our community, to share the message of Jesus if we just believe that it was just a natural thing and there's nothing supernatural about it. Our hope, the reason we came to faith, the reason why we're here is because God did something supernatural 2,000 years ago and we believe that he might still do it again and we've seen him do it in our own lives. So let's start telling that story. Let's start watching for him to do that again. Let's start, as we pray for those that we're close to, that we want to love, that we want to invest in, let's start watching and listening for how God might be saying, hey, I'm going to do something special here. I'm going to do something out of the ordinary for humans, but completely in the ordinary for God. Because we have a supernatural faith, and God wants to tell a supernatural story in our lives through that. And really, at the core of it, when we shift our focus from watching our natural circumstances to watching for our supernatural God, then hope starts to just show up. Hope starts to become a reasonable thing to feel. Joy starts to become unavoidable. I think of the wise men, when they saw the stars stop over Jesus, their hearts were filled with joy. When we encounter the supernatural, when we watch for the supernatural and we go, I don't know why I feel this joy, but I'm filled with joy. It's unavoidable. Peace starts to overwhelm us. That sense of peace that we chase, 
when we start to see the, su the supernatural presence of God, peace starts to overwhelm us. And the best part is that love starts to flow out of us. And this series leading up to Christmas, we didn't want to just speak on these topics. We wanted to practice them a little bit. So this morning, I'm going to invite the band up. I said I was going to give them more warning than this, but I didn't. I'm going to invite the band up. I want to spend a couple minutes in the practice of, what, of shifting our focus. Shifting our focus of what we're watching. Thinking through the story of your life. Thinking through the story of the lives of those you are close to. Maybe the people that God's saying, hey, you're not even close to this person. I want you to invest in them. I want you to try to shift your focus from watching for just the natural circumstances and letting the natural circumstances of your life and their life define what you think is possible to start watching for the supernatural. What can you see, where can you see the seeds of hope of what God can do through their life that only God can do? Where do you see the seeds of hope where maybe God's already been working in your life or someone else's life and you're like, that's a little weird and a little unnatural. Maybe that's the supernatural presence of God. So this band's going to play a new song and we're just going to sit and spend some time sitting in reflection, thinking about what we're watching for right now. And then in a couple minutes, I'll come up and I'll lead us in a prayer together. Uh, it's not as normal in our church practice to pray together, but this morning I'd like to do a liturgical prayer. So I'll come up in a couple minutes and lead us in a prayer to guide our hearts towards watching God more than watching just the circumstances around us. And then we'll finish by singing together. So let's spend a couple minutes just sitting and reflecting, listening for God to speak to us. Do what only you can do. It 
changes us, it changes what we see, and what we standing with me so we fix, as we move our focus let's pray this prayer of vision together the words will be coming up on the screen I'm going to just try to lead us slowly in this if you can read this with me let's pray this prayer to God together God our creator and sustainer 
we give our vision to you. Guide our eyes to fix upon the work of your hand. Your presence disrupting your creation, the creator creating something new. Refocus us from the failure and brokenness, struggle and pain that can so easily overwhelm us. Let our gaze find your goodness and hope in everything and everyone you created. Amen. Let's just sing a little bit more together. And when you move, you move all our fears. And when you move, you move us to tears. And when you move, you move all our fears. And when you move, you move us to shift our focus, when we let you shift our gaze, when we see what you do, what we see you do what only you can do, whether it's moving a star, whether it's moving someone's heart, whether it's physical healing, whether it's spiritual healing, whether it's just being present with us in the hardest of times, it changes us. It doesn't just change what we see, it changes what we seek. It doesn't just change 
our perspective, it changes what we feel about the world that you created, the world that you placed us in. So I pray in this season that you would help us to see you more clearly, see your presence in our lives, see your presence in the lives of those around us, that this would be a season that we are filled with a reasonable hope, that we cannot avoid feeling joy when we see your presence, that we cannot do anything but be overwhelmed by your peace and that our response will be love flowing out of every part of our life, God, into our community, into our friendships, into our families, into our church, into our city. And that we reflect it back to you in worship. In your name, amen. All right, thank you so much for coming to worship with us this morning, to be encouraged by the word of God. Let's enjoy some fresh hot coffee. I've heard rumors that it should be ready now. And say hi to somebody new this morning. Have a great Sunday.